So now we have, you know, 26, 23, and 21 in the house with us and three dogs pounding up and down the stairs. And we're, we're actually finding amazing silver linings in this. We're, we're really, I'm getting to know them more as adults. I'm, we're taking turns cooking. My kids know how to cook things I've never heard of. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, 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 they bring humor and all kinds of things that I, I didn't, you don't see that when they're teenagers. So this is a time to embrace, you know, I'm alive and I'm capable and I can inspire and help others. And that's what we all need to be doing is finding transcendence and joy in that. We need to be reevaluating um, what we want to do with the rest of our lives, just like you do when you're an empty nester, because, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people are losing their lives. Georgian and we have ours. Hi Gratitude Seeker, today's episode is sponsored by Lumen, the first handheld device that can measure your metabolism in a single breath to tell you what fuel source your body is using for energy, fats or carbs. Lumen's device and app provides you with personalized daily meal recommendations to help you reach your weight nutrition or fitness goals and has been scientifically validated. If you want to check out how you can hack your metabolism today, visit lumen.me. Use the code gratitude25 to get $25 off at lumen.me. I've ordered my lumen a few weeks ago and I'm really excited because I just unpacked it and until now the experience is pretty premium and exciting. Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, George and Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today with us, we have a journalist of over 30 years who has worked at Capitol Hill. And she has raised three children before becoming an empty nester with her husband. She's also an author of The Happiness, Happiness, Finding Fulfillment When Your Kids Live Home. And we spoke a little bit before, and she has a lot of interesting um, things to say about her story and I will let her share that with you because I think it's it's very relevant to um, our times. Judy, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast. Thank you very much, George, and I'm delighted to be here with you and I'm excited to be speaking to someone in Romania. Boy, that's really different. I'm sitting here right in the midst of Washington, D.C. As I mentioned, I am in the shadow of the National Cathedral and uh, this is a this is interesting. I I'm I guess you're you're later in the day and I'm earlier in the day, but we're good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I I love. <laughs> it feels like time traveling somehow because it's it's morning there, uh, it's in the middle of the day here, and it's it's just so interesting that we're able to do this uh, in different times basically and from really far away places on Earth. So yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So let us know a little bit more about you. I, I love your story. Uh, and I think it's very interesting for our listeners to, to find it out as well. Sure. Well, so as I explained to you earlier, so I am a longtime journalist and I, 
I was, um, I used to do television and I scampered for years all over Capitol Hill, Hill while raising three kids at home with high heels on and going backwards with high heels down escalators while interviewing senators and presidents and members of the House of Representatives on Capitol Hill um, and jumping into underground subways, going into little hideaways that, you know, to speak to members of the leadership that got these secret unlabeled hideaways. So I, I, I had a wonderful, I am very grateful for what was an amazing, fascinating time the whole world came to Capitol Hill. The movie stars, Bo Derek came to Capitol Hill. Foreign ministers, you know, people came came to Capitol Hill from everywhere. So I had the wonderful opportunity to do that, and I covered Hillary Clinton um, every day. I covered her when she was in the Senate. I I would interview her practically daily and wrote features from Capitol Hill. And I also was there to relate to this time in a time of real loss. I was in the Capitol sitting Georgian in my desk early. I used to get there early because I have three kids and I needed to get home for dinner and homework and everything. And I was in the Capitol with our little, little TV that I would look at um, and it, it, to, to catch up with the news because we have three or four TVs going on. We were right over the Senate floor and we'd have bells that would go off and we'd run when boats came so we could grab members of Congress. Well, I was there and I saw this airplane go through the World Trade Center. And I saw the thing collapse and I thought, that's crazy. Is this a spoof? Is it April Fool's Day? What can, it was, none of us could really understand. There were only a few of us up there. And, and then we saw the second one go through and I ended up in a stampede of people leaving the Capitol, you know, being out in front with Senator John McCain and, and, and who had been a prisoner of, of war and had a real grounded, perspective and could frame things well, which is what we can talk about today in times of loss, in times of coronavirus, when your kids leave home, when you've got lost, when you are frightened, when you're beleaguered, when you feel like you're raising kids. And like me, had a, I had a huge job. Um, you have to, it's all about your perspective and about gratitude and how you, that it's all about finding meaning and serving others. So that's, that's our subject. That's a big subject. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And it actually, actually takes us out of um, our issues, our shortcomings, and it, it gets us to, to see the fact that there are other people that we can serve and that we can help one way or another. And yeah, definitely, I agree with this perspective. And um i think it's it's very important for us to to see that that we have this uh, opportunity in spite of all of the the situations that are going through in the world right now absolutely there's there are huge spiritual opportunities here um you know nobody this is a this is a a really rattling and upsetting and confusing time of uncertainty but there is research that shows that people who go through really difficult times, frightening times, trauma come out, most come out with post-traumatic growth, which is a sense of how to live life more fully. You know, it's like we are suddenly, we had a blurry camera before, and now we're putting that camera in sharper focus and saying, wait, 
my time on earth is finite. You know, I'm still healthy. I'm, um, you know, moving through a difficult time, but we have time to sit, to jump out and think about how we want to use the rest of our lives, which is exactly what I did in writing my book, Happiness, Finding Fulfillment. When your kids leave home, I looked at, 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 at ways that we can live um, kind of spiritually and ways that we find meaning. Um, and I will mention, um, I, I'm a big student of Aristotle. And in a nutshell, I'm a believer in what we call eudaimonia. And eudaimonia is living your life. It's Aristotle's term. He coined that. And it's living your life in a way that you are working always to make the best out of yourself, the best version of yourself. It's what you're doing with your podcast. You're continuing to learn. It's hard work. It's pressure. And in the short term, it's kind of, it can be tiring and stressful. But, you know, that then leading a hedonic lifestyle, which is kind of the opposite, but which is, you know, you know, partying, relaxing, being on the beach, buying luxury goods. Some people during this coronavirus epidemic are having that reaction, just sort of what's the point? Let's jump out. But that's really not the way we find meaning and fulfillment, not after our kids leave, not in this type type of environment. The way we really find meaning um, and fulfillment is we find ways to use our highest, best skills to tap them, to focus them, to put energy into them. Uh, you know, we tap our passions and we help to serve the greater good. And in that comes a kind of peace, kinds, uh, comes a kind of centeredness, and then we can really, we thrive and we become leaders for others. Wow. I love how you put it and it's exactly how how I see things, and I, I didn't know that um, Aristotle was was teaching this, but it it makes so much sense, and it's it's in tune with um, um, the book uh, "Man's Search for Meaning" from Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl, exactly, yeah. absolutely. It, it's so interesting that he discovered that uh, in his own experience after. I guess a few thousand years, you know, something very similar to what Aristotle was was teaching as well. And I think these things that last and that are rediscovered by people um, through their own experience, through um, actually learning and growing, I think these are the things that we can rely on. You know, they, that they are rock solid and we can we can definitely count on, especially in, in these kinds of times when things are so uncertain. And absolutely. And this is something that is within our control. This is a mind thing. And absolutely, you know, just this morning before we got on the phone, I was finishing, I was reading actually a, 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 about Viktor Frankl, that the Holocaust <laughs> survivor and the psychiatrist from Vienna. And, and what he was specifically saying is he was calling this tragic optimism. And that's the ability to maintain hope and find meaning in life despite its pain, loss, and suffering. And, you know, at different times in life, we encounter all of this. When, you know, I am a really dedicated mother, but I'm also a very dedicated journalist. And when my last child left, he's 21 now, of course, all three are back in the house because of coronavirus, but 
you know, it's, it's really very rattling and you stop and you say, wait a minute, you know, I've been in this, I've been on this hamster wheel on this merry-go-round spinning really fast. And I was lining up all three kids and I was making sure all the food was there. And did everybody do, I have athletes, did everybody get to and from lacrosse and soccer and crew and running? And I had a million balls in the air while I was juggling a lot else. And, and you can feel kind of beleaguered and overwhelmed in the midst of all of that. But, you know, we can also reframe it and say, oh my gosh, look at these blessings. Be very grateful. I've got three kids and they're healthy and they're going forward into the future and I have an opportunity to shape them. And so that's also where we are now with, with this coronavirus epidemic, pandemic. You know, we are, it's, it's, it's bizarre. I'm sitting here in Washington, D.C. I'm really right in the city and normally um, this is a, bustling place and people are jogging and they're all over the place and there are street fairs and protesters. It feels like a ghost town. So we're taking this opportunity to, I'm doing lots of writing. I'm reading things like Viktor Frankl. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking a lot about things and, and, and going even deeper than I did in my book and realizing, you know, where are my priorities? How do I simplify my life? You know, the, the things I used to worry about, honestly, a month ago, some of them are gone. I'm really, a lot of us are not concerned much about material things anymore. I'd just like to go somewhere and I'd like to, you know, and I, I have neighbors that I'm, I have older neighbors that I'm, that I'm helping. I have a friend with cancer who, who will die if she comes in contact with, you know, anything on groceries or in a grocery store, uh, that's, that's, that's tainted with the virus. So I do those things. And then I podcast and I write and I study, I put out newsletters. Um, I brainstorm, you know, for speeches and new books. And I, I break my time up into six different units during the day. And I, because we're all bad multitaskers and I, 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 I work toward these things and I make a lot of time, but I make sure I make time for my young adults who, and that's a good subject if you're interested and we could talk about boomerang kids. Um, you know, I make sure I have time for my young adults who have been ripped right, two of them right out of their college lives. And I have a singer songwriter. Her name is Lindsay Starr. And she has um, a full album about that's, that was supposed to come out uh, last month and it'll come out yeah. over time. She has two songs up poison and mess of me and all the platforms. She's a Nashville singer-songwriter, but she's home because Nashville, Georgia, first got a huge tornado and, and, and it was just flattened. All her, a lot of her friends lost businesses. I mean, literally entire businesses got lifted off the ground. There wasn't even a chair left. So then the grocery stores got raided and then coronavirus hit on top of it. So she came home. So now we have you know, 26, 23, and 21 in the house with us and three dogs pounding up and down the stairs. And we're, we're actually finding amazing silver linings in this. We're, we're really, I'm getting to know them more as adults. I'm, we're taking turns cooking. My kids know how to cook things I've never heard of. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, 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 they bring humor and all kinds of things that I, I didn't, you don't see that when they're teenagers. So this is a time to embrace, you know, I'm alive and I'm capable and I can inspire and help others. And that's what we all need to be doing 
is finding transcendence and joy in that, we need to be reevaluating um, what we want to do with the rest of our lives, just like you do when you're an empty nester, because a, a, you know, a lot of people are losing their lives, Georgian, and we have ours. Exactly. And I think it's, it's also a great opportunity. Like if we can adapt and we can accept the changes that are going on, we can actually enjoy them and we can be grateful for them and we can use this time in, in a healthy and, and positive way. For me, uh, I have a neighbor that um, she's very sweet. She, she was going to uh, a kind of gym for uh, the elderly three times a, um, a week. Mm-hmm. And now she, she was almost like very often at least he she's uh downstairs i i live in an apartment and she is doing all kinds of uh, gymnastics and things to to keep in shape and she is like like really really old and that for me is, is so amazing and she, she was she was so sweet i i uh, i asked i helped her with uh, her groceries and uh, she, she was like, "Okay, I will. I will stay here, and I will do my gymnastics for a while. <laughs> you can take them uh, to my uh, door. Just let them uh, leave them there." And <laughs> <laughs> that that was. It's it's so interesting that uh, once we adapt and we find ways to enjoy the situation, we we are much more fulfilled. And I also wanted to get into something uh, that is very relevant now but it's relevant throughout the year Uh, managing close relationships in close quarters (laughs) from my experience uh, i and most of my um, guests on the podcast are grateful for the people in their life but if i am to be honest the people that that are closest to me at least can be most annoying as well (laughs) so how do we manage this and how do we manage to to get more gratitude rather than annoyance especially in these times right well it's definitely hard to be you know in this circumstance because we normally have so many outlets you know i'm i'm a former competitive figure skater and i used to go normally in my life every morning i leave it you know, 6.15 and I go to an early ballet bar class where I see other people. I often stop in a cafe, spend sometimes a couple hours researching and writing. I interact with people there. Um, I'm a um, person, I'm, I'm, I reach out to others. I've done research on strangers, on encountering strangers in your everyday travels. There's some cool research out of Harvard. I went and interviewed a professor there who does this. Um, If you, interact with strangers in your daily travels, um, you can brighten your life and theirs so much. I tend to go, I have a Great Dane and I walk down the street and talk and with the, to walk the Great Dane and I see people along the way. Um, and I, and I make comments. I saw of a young family, you know, we're all just kind of scattered around here getting brief outings outside in Washington, DC. I see a family with a couple little kids and I see a little boy with a cape on. And I stopped and, and asked him, 
you know, 10 feet away, 12 feet away, holding my Great Dane, you know, what kind of superhero he was. And I talked to his parents about how my son, who actually is a national champion goalie um, at, for Yale University, he's a lacrosse goalie, I, about how he wore capes all the time. And we stopped and laughed about the different heroes because they've changed. There's a whole different kind of superhero wearing a cape that I wasn't familiar with. But anyway, one way that I, where I am managing, Georgian, close relationships is I make sure to unplug my phone or anything electronic, and I take at least an hour a day um, so I'm not just on top of everybody in here because that's how you get annoyed. And I strike off with a dog. Um, there's some woods not far from here, which is hard to find in Washington, D.C., but I have some. And I go with the dog through there, and I make a point to pay attention to the strangers in my path. And it's phenomenal. I mean, it's weird because they're wearing masks and gloves and they're avoiding each other and it feels like outer space in many ways, but the people are also starved for human contact. So I go and I do that walk for at least an hour a day, sometimes an hour and a half. And I look at the trees. I look at the flowers. I interact with 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 someone walking down the street or someone riding a bicycle stops and we talk for a few minutes. I don't know the names of these people, but we all come out really happy from that. My my parents are in their 80s and they're right now in Vero Beach, Florida. And my mother, who is not quite as friendly as I am or is gregarious, discovered the same thing. She was walking with my father, who has a walker, down the, the, the a boardwalk on the edge of the beach, and she saw a young man sitting on a bench. And he was all by himself, looked like his late 20s. And she did something. She, she, she's growing a lot from this that she never usually does. She engaged a stranger. She stopped and, and, and asked him how he was doing. And, he, and he, they ended up talking for an hour at a you know, 15-foot distance along with my father about how he was a fireman and he'd been up all night on the fire shift and how he was feeling really isolated. He's not married. He doesn't, he's alone. He doesn't have any kids. So he told her he came out sit on that bench just to see other people. So we're, my mother stopped and talked to him and was so delighted. It was like she was watching a movie, but he was there. You know, she was hearing his story, hearing about his mother. And then when she left, she didn't know his name, and it, but it didn't really matter. Everybody came out of that elated. So that is one thing that I, I it's research-based as well. It comes out of Harvard that, you know, we, we interacting with strangers can really bring out brightness. It can reboot you emotionally. So that, Georgian, is something I recommend to you as you're podcasting and you're in, you have a lot of family members that certainly can be annoying. Don't just sit there getting more and more annoyed, but break out from it. Go look at a tree. And I, I was, you know, we're in cherry blossom season right about the end of it in Washington, D.C. Now, normally there are so many people from around the world that come to see the cherry blossoms that I can't even get up close to them. Well, now I can, and there's nobody in my way. I really can look at a cherry blossom. And my husband said, gee, Judy, I think these cherry blossoms are really amazing this year. They're more beautiful. And I said, no, they're not more beautiful. It's your frame of mind. You're appreciating them more because you don't have movies, plays, restaurants, all the other distractions that usually entertain you. You now have the power to be entertained by the beauty of a cherry blossom. 
Exactly, exactly. And um, just the fact that we we don't have that much time to, to be outside and to like we we may be thinking we may have thought in the past that oh we can go whenever you know it's it's uh, something that's always been there and we can go whenever we we have the time but now it's it's something amazing that we don't have that much time to be outside and we we enjoy it that much more and it's it's actually one of the principles of, of gratitude when we know that something is going to end if we know that something is limited we tend to appreciate it more to be more present with it and i think that 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 can be something um very similar to to what you were saying so that's that concept um there's a there is um an american poet i studied american literature when i was in an, an undergraduate in, in college and that same concept is echoed by an american poet and it, the idea is that is that um death is the mother of beauty as in knowing things are finite knowing things run out knowing our time on earth is limited um is really um it sparks beauty and appreciation for things and knowing it's the it it, it overlaps with the buddhist theory of impermanence you know that we and and you know when your kids leave home when a friend dies when college comes to an end when a career comes to an end when we retire you know we get a sense that time is passing and it's a precious resource and it's limited therefore there's a big light bulb that goes over our heads which is how do i use my time well what's the very best way that i can use my time and that's one of the, the the things that i a lot of what i look at like at in my book happiness is how do we you know look at our how do we identify our passions you know which in a nutshell is look back look back at the things that you did naturally as a kid what were you doing i used to sit in my room with a dinner bell ringing ignoring the bell while i was you know with crayons and pens was penning a little book and then would be sewing it together with yarn and on on cardboard because i wanted to write things and so for me i love writing and i love interviewing people so to me i find flow in that i find peace i find escape i find kind of harmony with the universe that way people find flow in music in i think you're fine you find flow interviewing people and learning their insights um, people find flow in skiing, in dancing, in being in nature, in painting. So the trick is to find what is that thing now and realize you've got time for it. We now have time, uh, extra time perhaps, and you've got time to think about how do you weed out the busyness, the stuff that really doesn't matter, and lead a more fulfilling life more toward what you love and, 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 and how do you tap your natural abilities and your skills to give back to the world? And you're giving back on this podcast. You know, we're connecting. It's interesting. We have an exchange of ideas. You and I both like Victor Frankel, you know, who would have known you would have been talking to a 60 year old journalist with three kids who's talking to you about the power of meaning and Victor Frankel, right? 
but we find joy and connection that way because you reached out. So instead of you, Georgian, lying on a beach or, or twiddling your fingers or playing video games, you have exerted yourself toward an interest and a passion bravely. Um, and you are, you are living this eudaimonic lifestyle, which is really the way we find meaning. So the pandemic is really, it's, it's, it's a, it's a terrifying, terrible thing. And it's having some terrible effects and it's scary, but we have to look at the silver lining here, um, which is that we are learning through this trauma, through this fear, through this uncertainty, through the stillness at home, we're learning to say, wait, let me slow down. Let me think about what should I be doing with my time on earth? What should I be doing? How do I serve others? What really matters? Do you know, do I need these designer clothes? Or maybe I'm more interested in the people around me, the relationships, the ideas. Maybe I find how to get satisfaction as you do by interacting, getting groceries with your older neighbor. And in turn, without her realizing it, she's, she's delighting you as you see this older woman doing her, her exercise. We in this house have a, have a, a family PE class going on. And I, I have some kids who have been real serious athletes. I come from a family of Olympians, actually. My three brothers were all two-time Olympians and yes. uh, in, in ski jumping and Nordic combined. So they spent much of their youth on the World Cup tour and all over Europe. And, and so I, we all grew up with a lot of athletics in our, in our lives. Um, so now that we're home, you know, we can't do, my, my son is, 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 is at Yale University and he was about to defend the national title. They, they, they've had, well, they were second last year, but when he was a freshman, he, he was a national champion and their team was, they won the you know, United States Division One collegiate lacrosse. And his season came to a screeching halt. One in, in a few seconds, the athletic director walked on the field and said, it's over. And they were just stunned. These are kids. And now he has rebounded from that. And he's been working with deans and other lacrosse players and athletes from other schools to figure out how to, how to salvage this, how to, to make the best from it. He's built relationships with a lot of new people and he seems to have bounced back. So I can look at that example. My gosh, look what fell, you know, from his life. This kid has been training since he was six for, for this day. Um, it's like his Olympics was removed. There's still another year next year, but he's rebounding. He's now diving into his writing, things like that. That's amazing. And um, getting back to, to this idea that uh, we appreciate things when we know that there is a finite time to them. I think this is this is also an opportunity that we we have we have been given all of us to see things from another perspective and to to choose different things from from now on in your, in our life and um I think we can see this fact as as an opportunity as something that's finite and that we can appreciate and that we can make the best of in in this uh, in these times and if we if we like you were saying if we focus on meaning if we focus on those things that that bring us in a state of flow we can get out of fear and we can we can see so many opportunities and so many 
beautiful things that we can do and beautiful ways in which, in which we can serve other people. So um, we are nearing the end of our time together and I wanted to ask you, what are some things that you do that you would recommend for us as well um, to keep grateful, to keep being grateful in general? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I, I spend a lot of time serving others and through that I see that we have various challenges you know various levels of difficulty that we face in life and through my focus on serving others as a journalist as a mother um, as a friend I, I reap huge gratitude because I am grateful I have friends and relationships and that's kind of a bomb that soothes us in difficult times. And, but I, you need to exert and deliver those groceries and stop and listen to somebody. Um, that's really, that's really the secret to, to, to everything that I do in any measure of success that I've attained is, is focusing on others. When, if we were meant Georgian, to live on a deserted island and focus solely on ourselves, we would have been born on a deserted island, each with our own private one. But we're not. Mm. We're interconnected human beings and relationships can bring the greatest joy. Definitely. I love that. I love that. And since uh, you mentioned relationships, want to share um, a few of the people in your life that really made a difference that really make you feel grateful when when you think about them absolutely i have uh, i would start with my parents so my parents are in their in their 80s and they have been they were utterly committed to all of us and yes of course at times annoying that you know that's the way it goes i mean that's part of the human condition if everything were sunshine and light and harmony we wouldn't grow but my parents are, Barbara and Harry Holland are, are, have been, were utterly, you know, really selfless. And they, they, they gave us everything they had to bring us forward. And they also taught us to give back. My parents were involved in a lot of charitable things. So that's, I, that's you know, that's, that's a real light for me. And I try to give back to the next generation and to those around me. And it's magic because giving back brings connectivity, brings meaning and takes away fear and uncertainty definitely and it brings this beautiful exchange of gratitude the fact that you you're grateful that you're able to help people and people are grateful that um, they are helped by you right absolutely yeah that, two that's way a street exchange. yeah exactly exactly two-way street with a rainbow on each side but I think where people become unhappy and is, is when they just worry too much and focus too internally. We are interdependent creatures and, you know, you've got to, some people need to push themselves more than others. But again, starting with what I suggested earlier, go out, walk and interact, you know, make a comment. I mean, you, 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 it's amazing how receptive people are, especially now. This is an opportunity now to realize how kind of united we are with the rest of humanity. Exactly. Wow. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for all of the things that you've shared with us. I really appreciate you being here on the podcast. 
and uh, let our audience know where they can find you where can can they get your book yes so my book happy nest finding fulfillment when your kids leave home is on all major platforms it's on amazon now the orders that you have to be patient the orders are slow now because amazon and it's on all over the internet if you look up judy holland and h-a-p-p-i-n-e-s-t happy nest as as opposed to an emptiness uh, finding fulfillment when your kids look home you can find it there you can also find me and my website and all my free podcasts i have a happiness podcast at judyhollandauthor.com so that's judy j-u-d-y h-o-l-l-a-n-d author.com and every week i put out two a happiness podcast which look at this type of issue and my book can be ordered right off my site or on Amazon as soon as they get out emergency supplies to those who need them they'll slowly get the books the books are all coming up a, a bit late but they're coming that's just the way that's the world we're living in yeah <laughs> huh. thank you thank you so much for for being here with us and for sharing so many amazing ideas you bet thank you